This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind as we launch into hour number one. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. That does include the archives and entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the site for your downloading convenience. That is freetalklive.com. Well, Mark, a quick update for you on the Ed Brown situation. Mm -hmm. We've been covering this for the last at least week and a half. I, uh, in case you don't know, he is a man in his early 60s who is being persecuted by the federal government because he had the gall to try to keep the money that he earned in life. Can you imagine? And the federal government didn't take too kindly to that, so they brought him up on charges, gave him a trial, and he went to the trial for a number of days, and then he got fed up with the fact that the judge just refused to allow certain um, points of defense that he wanted to make in his trial, and so he just decided to stay home um, from the rest of the trial. His wife decided differently, and their marriage is on the rocks as a result, but he's now holed up in his house in Plainfield, New Hampshire, pretty much just waiting to die um, because he doesn't want to go to jail, and the feds would very much like him to go to jail because that's, you know, if he was found guilty by the jury, once again, the judge wouldn't allow the jury to understand the fact that they can actually judge the law itself. They wouldn't allow Ed to to bring that point up in court, amongst other things. And so he was naturally found guilty, and now well, the, there's a warrant let, out for his arrest. The, the judge wouldn't even let um, you know Ed bring up the point that there is no law, in his, to his mind, um, that mm-hmm. there is no law that requires us to pay taxes. Right. Yeah, there was all sorts of things that were just um, excluded from the trial. So now there's a warrant out for his arrest. The U.S. Marshals claim that they're not going to uh, make this a bloody encounter. They uh, they don't want violence, say they. But, of course, they're going to have to bring violence in, in order to do, bring this man of. to jail yeah. um, because he doesn't want to go to jail, and he shouldn't go to jail. He's never hurt anyone. He's never harmed anybody. The feds don't care about that, though. So right now what's happening is Ed Brown is in his home in Plainfield, New Hampshire. There are a number of supporters who are there with him uh, pretty much at all times. And I went up there over the weekend. Yeah. How'd it um, go? My girlfriend and I and uh, three other gentlemen from the Keene area, we all sort of carpooled up and went over to Ed Brown's house. And uh, we it was it's a very nice property. I mean, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. um, place to live. His wife was a dentist. I imagine they had a pretty nice place. They did. And and I believe, I believe he was a successful exterminator as well in uh, in his working life. Anyway, so we went in there, and I think it was fortunate that our man Dave, who calls in so frequently from New Hampshire, he was actually there when we arrived. Also, another um, one of our listeners was uh, was present as well, Tim from New Hampshire. And so it was kind of good having people there that knew us, so they could sort of vouch for us. As you might imagine, this man is I, I think he's pretty courageous to allow what are, in effect, total strangers into his home. Right. Especially in a situation where he's wanted by the feds. So here we are, five complete strangers to Ed coming into his house. And I think it helps when someone who's already there, who's already generated some rapport with Ed, knows you and can say, yeah, these guys are okay. Um, So we sort of had that ability uh, when we were going in there. But I imagine there's been a lot of people show up uh, in support that, um, you know, I heard there was about 30. I heard there was about 30 people in and out over uh, throughout the weekend Mm -hmm. at Ed's house. And so we came in and uh, and spent some time and everybody was talking about various different things. Obviously, taxes were sort of a focus of the conversation. Right. 
Uh, there was a lady from the Concord Monitor there. She was sort of interviewing people that uh, she hadn't met before. Uh, let's see. The gentleman Bob Schultz from We the People was in attendance. He's the he's the main man behind the We the People organization. Another organization is, we've talked a lot about. On is Ed involved with We the People? I don't know about that. Okay, I was just wondering. He I... was Bob was being interviewed by the reporter throughout most of the time. Then we mm-hmm. went out. We went got some dinner. Came back and both he and the reporter were gone. Now, wasn't it the Concord Monitor that uh, sort of ran that uh, article on Ed that wasn't very complimentary? That's correct. Okay, and he still let her in. Yeah, he did. Okay. He did. She she seemed to be very nice. She wanted to uh, to talk to me, but we went out for dinner, and she was gone by the time I got back. So I gave her my number later on down the line. Maybe we'll get in touch. But nonetheless, uh, it was good. We we got to meet Ed, and he's a nice guy. Um, some of our listeners were concerned that he was a racist. I, I went over that with him, and he's definitely not. Um, he doesn't hate anybody on the basis of where they were born or who they were born to or anything like that. So, so. He, he he's not one of these Zionist guys? Uh, I didn't really get into detail with him on that, but he said, uh, essentially, now we don't subscribe to the Zionism conspiracy theories or anything like but that. But I would say that in and of itself, the Zionist um, conspiracy theory is not, um, you know, is not racist. Right. It's, he said it was created by the Illuminati. So it seems to me that if Ed's anti-anything, he's anti-Illuminati. And I don't think that has anything to do with Jewish people at all. Okay. So there's just a little bit of confusion by, by some of our listeners, and, and hopefully that straightened all that out. But nonetheless, um, I know one of the guys that we went up there with, Dale from Free Minds TV, he's planning on going back over the weekend. Enjoyed presuming, himself, did he? Presuming Ed is still alive um, at that point. It was, it was kind of weird, right? I mean, you're, you're essentially talking to a, a dead man. Yeah, he's, he's like he's sitting on death row. He's a dead man walking. Right. And I pointed out, of course, that he would already be dead were it not for the Internet. If it weren't for the Internet, we wouldn't have been able to go. We wouldn't have probably ever heard about the story. Right. A um, bunch of people would never have been made aware of it. He would probably just be sitting there by himself, in which case the feds would be in on him on a, in a moment's notice. So one of our guys is probably going to go up over the weekend and stay there for a night or two. And apparently there are a few people that are doing that. And those that aren't as comfortable can stay out in the barn. There's two distinct areas to that. There's the house, and then there's also a heated barn. So you could actually, barn. yeah, sweet, yeah, you could actually go out there and sort of camp out. What and what does? Why would one heat a barn? For the guests that are staying in it. Okay, I presume. Um, so that's pretty much what's going on right now with the Ed Brown situation. Is uh, it's waiting. We're waiting to see what the the next move is on the part of the feds, and he's continuing to uh, continuing to invite people out to his home to I don't know commiserate <laughs> and protect him and hopefully um, presence. Be, and hopefully be there with cameras and that sort of thing in the event that something does happen we don't know when it's going to happen it could be Seems likely it could be this weekend it could be 3 months from now because the the sentencing is about 3 months out um as we speak so otherwise there's not too much to report on the Ed Brown situation but if you've been up there and you want to share your story with us 800-259 9231. He was a little more coherent uh, tonight or last night than he was when we had him on the air on the show. I'm sure he's been losing a lot of sleep. He probably has. Um, and he, I, I guess, you know, the night we had him on the show, he had just gotten over the, uh, he had just gotten the guilty verdict. He had just discovered that his wife wasn't going to be coming home. Yeah. So he was obviously pretty distraught. But uh, nonetheless, nice guy. And uh, it, he doesn't deserve any of this. He really it's, doesn't. It's sad. He never harmed anybody else, and thank goodness that he's got the courage to stand up to the government. Because when's the last time something like this ever happened? It's it's certainly not common. 1-800-259-9231. Well, there's other news, and uh, we're going to get to it, including another pit bull ban. 
Mark, where are we talking about this time? Because this isn't the first one. No, no, it's not the first um, first one by any stretch of the imagination. Actually, it's an entire state this time, though. And mm-hmm. this one has a special little twist to it. Freeze! Put the pit bull down on the ground and your hands behind your head. It's from Reuters out of, out of Chicago, Illinois. Is about, Illinois is about to become the first U.S. state to crack down on dogs used by convicted felons, especially those involved in gangs, to intimidate people or participate in dog fights. Now, I, um, in reading this article, I don't understand where the especially those used involved in gangs, convicted okay. felons involved in gangs. I don't know exactly how that um, how they're going to enforce. That. So they're they're, they're banning you... do- pit bulls from fighting, or well, I'll I'll explain. Okay, convicted felons legally prohibited from owning guns frequently use dogs to attack or threaten people. This is the assertion. This innovative act was, the act is uh, the law here, was designed to make our communities safer and is a major step forward in correcting, um, administ- uh, correctly administrating and regulating dangerous dog laws, said Ed Sayers, president of the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. The new law, which takes effect on Monday, makes it a misdemeanor for a convicted felon to own an unspayed, unneutered dog or any dog deemed vicious under the Illinois Animal Control Act. An unspayed or unneutered dog, or any dog deemed vicious, which includes pit bulls? I'm sure it does. So this isn't specifically a pit bull ban. They do mention pit bulls in the article, but they're, it's not specifically for pit bulls. So but they're I mean, just not allowing felons to own vicious, unspayed dogs. Vicious, vicious dogs. Or any dog that's not spayed, right? We'll come back with more of this. 800-259-9231. That's what I heard. 800-259-9231. If you're in favor of a pit bull ban, we'd love to hear from you. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, so bring up whatever you want. The show is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airways toll-free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. And that does include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. See what I mean? Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine. .freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it privacy? Well, register now for the February of 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers include anti-real ID activist Jim Harper from the Cato Institute. Also in attendance will be New Hampshire residents and legislators active in the fight against the national real ID. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. I should add that word is the hotel is expecting a total sellout. Really? On that particular weekend. So you would be wise to get registered sooner rather than later. Just because it's a big pain to go to a convention and not stay at the hotel that the convention's taking place in. We know that from experience. Yeah, we thought, oh, it wouldn't be a big deal. We went to a talk radio convention last year. It was sold out by the time we registered. Oh, it's no big deal. We'll register down the street. It was a pain because it was cold. It was. We walked to the other hotel. And it's going to be cold probably at the end of February. We didn't walk every time. We had to pay for a cab several times because yeah. I thought it we'd so die. Cold. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, so, yeah, it's just easy to – it's nice, too, because a lot of people like to drink at the conventions as well. And it's nice to where you, you get you have a few beers or whatever, and all you have to do is walk back to your hotel room. It's not like you have to walk across f- five city blocks or right. anything like that. So there you go, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Back to the story from Illinois about – Another weapons ban for felons. 
Apparently, not only can you not have guns in the state of Illinois if you're a felon, but you also can't have a dog. Well, you can, but there's some severe restrictions. It, apparently, you were right. Um, it, when Upon reading this a little more closely, I thought it was um, vicious dogs, so therefore we'd be talking pretty much about pit bulls. But the new law, which takes effect on, on Monday, makes it a misdemeanor for a convicted felon to own a, an unspayed or unneutered dog or any dog deemed vicious under Illinois Animal Control Act. Mm-hmm. Research has shown that sterilized animals are less likely to behave aggressively or be involved in fatal attacks. The il- illegal sport of dog fighting involves intact dogs. I can imagine that's true. While not necessarily dangerous um, dogs by nature, pit bulls are often used by g- gang members for attacks and dog fights. Dogs are wonderful companions and great protectors, said the uh, state rep Jerry Mitchell, a Republican from uh, western Illinois. They are never meant to be used as a weapon to protect or defend illegal activities. Well, um, I can understand. Yes, if you use your dog in an illegal activity, you should be charged for using that dog in an illegal activity. That makes sense. But to to just out of hand ban dogs to, for convicted felons because they could be used in naughty ways. Right. You see, this is just the. It's just more on this whole um, track of let's do things to convicted felons because we can. Right. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna protect these people. And, you know, when it comes down to a dog, um, either um, I've seen statistics, and, and pardon me if I don't have them in front of me, but it's something like um, a house with a dog in it is somewhere like six or eight times, times less likely to be um, broken into than a, dog, than a home without a dog. So, I mean, and, and I would say that a dog's more of a deterrent than a gun because they have to know you have the gun and see you it's with true. the gun and um, you have to have the gun and all that other stuff. The dog, always around. Good point. Uh, and this, you're right. They they love to pick on convicted felons, mm-hmm. and convicted felons don't have the rights, um, all of their rights restored to them once they get out of jail. And this is one more example of even less freedom that's going to be uh, available to them. Now, I'm not a, fa- a fan of people that don't spay or neuter their dogs, but I also don't I also don't uh, believe in ordering people to do certain things. I think that you should be able to just simply convince people on a common sense basis. And in many cases, when you purchase a dog from a humane society or something like that, it's a requirement. I mean, yeah. You pretty much you have to get it uh, spayed or neutered. I've been indoctrinated with the spay or neuter thing, too, but um, I grew up in a house that did not have dogs that were spayed or neutered. My mom bred Dobermans and Rottweilers mm-hmm. for um, showing and, confirm- do- and confirmation um, showing. And I would think Dobermans and Rottweilers would be on the list of dangerous dogs, wouldn't you? I would think that if they were going to make a list of dangerous dogs, and in that top ten would be Dobermans or Rottweilers. Isn't or it a little insulting to essentially tell a uh, convicted felon that you can only have a poodle? <laughs> Like or a Shih Tzu or something like you know, that. The thing is, though, um, I, it, smaller dogs are responsible for a great deal of biting that goes on. Really? Because small dogs have a tendency to be a little meaner. Mm. Um, you know, there are vicious big dogs, but most of the times the owners made them that way. True. Um, I've got to say that I grew up. I grew up in a house with all these unspayed, dangerous, quote unquote, dogs. I never got bit. I might have got nipped if I, uh, you know, did the wrong thing to the dog. But, um, you know, I, I never got some kind of vicious dog bite. This is just one more example of how felons are an easy whipping boy for the government. It's easy really for are. politicians to stand up and say, we're cracking down on these felons, these convicted felons. Yeah, I know they've spent their time in jail, but they're still they're scum. Bad. You know they're scum, and we're going to pass as many laws as we can to restrict their freedoms. You know, this is just the beginning, Mark. It's just like with the sex offenders. The sex offenders are the easiest of the targets for convicted felons, mm-hmm. and you can see what they're doing to them. Yep. 
They have to register every time they move. I don't think convicted felons have to do that. Um, there are laws on the books that say things like you have to report to the sheriff within 72 hours of move, moving into town and that kind of thing. Really? But nobody does. Okay. So they're more on the ball when it comes to the sex offenders then? Right. So they're, they're, man- they're um, mandating the sex offenders do all sorts of things for the government, including uh, wearing GPS tracking mm-hmm. anklets and bracelets. And they can't live in certain areas. So it's not – I don't see this being too far away or us being too far away from instituting similar restrictions to convi- on convicted felons you know, these, in the name of safety. These guys often get out of prison, and they're not making the most money in the world. They've got a prison record. Um, you know, They've been separated sure. from their families physically for quite some time. They're certainly separated from their friends. They don't have the support network that uh, many people do. They often – you know, live in worse neighborhoods as a result. They just can't afford to uh, otherwise. Isn't that the neighborhood you would want a dog in? A big in? dog, yeah. yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's It makes you less likely to be attacked. I mean, it, convicted felons get robbed, too. Their now, houses get burglarized. Now, they're saying this is going to be a misdemeanor uh, charge right. if they're caught. And but a misdemeanor can be some serious business. You can go to jail for a right, year. Right, if on a you've already been a felon. Right. Even even so, if you go it's to not jail, not going to be easy. I mean, if you're if you're getting your first misdemeanor ever, and you've never had another conviction, well, you might get a little uh, slap on the hand. But if you've already been convicted for a felony, and then you get a misdemeanor, that's a different story, isn't it? It it, it I, it's certainly going to play into it at sentencing. But um, you probably get the full year. A first yeah, a first degree misdemeanor, you can go to jail for eleven twenty nine. So. All right, so the the rule is the dog has to be spayed or neutered, and even if it is spayed or neutered, it can't be one of the dangerous dogs. Is that correct? Well, it can't be vicious. Vicious uh, dogs. It can't be deemed vicious. Now, I don't know how they're going to go about deeming dogs vicious. Are they going to go by... By breed. It's yeah, just, pit bull and you know, uh, so-and-so. And outlaw, the, if they're gonna, uh, outlaw the act or if they're going to outlaw the breed. Um, and, and this is... You know, many many people in the uh, dog showing um, genre, the, these people that are interested in this, they realize that there's a problem here. They realize that if they go after pit bulls, that the next ones are Rottweilers, Dobermans, and um, the Akitas, and, and these other dogs that are considered to be dangerous. If you are in favor of a dog ban, we'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. I say let anybody who wants to own as many animals as they want, as long as they can keep them under control... That's the issue with me. If the dog gets out and starts biting at my kids, well, then I might be able to shoot it in defense. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the bulletin board system there, over 165,000 posts, and we've got uh, over 1,300 people interacting. It is completely free for you, so head over to bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. So then, uh, I guess we'll go into the email box here. This one from, uh, let's see, ooh, it's uh, the guy that emailed us a little while back, earlier in this, I think it was the very beginning of the month. His name was Al, and he was from New York City. And Al called himself a libertarian, mm-hmm. and then proceeded to prove to me that uh, he didn't really quite have a grasp on what the whole libertarian thing was was all about. Okay. 
But now he's got a follow-up. So from Al in New York City, uh, FTL, thanks for reading my email on the air. I'm glad you gave me a forum, but I feel like you threw me somewhat under the bus. You are audio agitation, but in that you make me angry about our current state. As I had mentioned, I agree with you guys in theory. Government sucks. But, as Mark said, if you go against Uncle Sam, he will kill you, as Ed Brown's about to find out. We need to undermine this current government, not try to take it over. Putting a libertarian in control of a corrupt system will just corrupt him or her. Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I disagree with that. Um, you do? I, I, I do. I, I, not I that, tend to agree with him on that. I, uh, not that putting a... No. Um, here's the reason. is a libertarian, in general, understands the principle of small government. They get the idea that government is flawed. Um, and I think that putting them in, uh, you know, electing them to the current government that we have is going to, at the very least, result in a whole bunch of programs being dismantled and tossed out the window, if you get the right libertarian in. I mean, there's lots of different people that call themselves libertarians. For instance, the Neil Bortz libertarian. Mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in electing him, but I'll bet he'd still do a great job on uh, getting rid of uh, certain social programs and that kind of thing. Maybe. And then um, if you can elect another one, maybe he can get in there and get rid of you know the rest of the program. Yeah, well, it depends. I, I see where Al's coming from on that because you can say that maybe they'll get in and rip out some programs, but at the same time, maybe they'll just get in and if they're not really full-on libertarians, maybe they'll just get in and promote the one government program they think is important. They may very well. And in which case they'll spend all their time trying to increase the size of government instead of destroying uh, the existing programs that are out there. Those would be bad libertarians. I, I, I agree with what he says. Power does tend to corrupt, but uh, as far as undermining the system, I've yet to really encounter an understandable, I guess, acceptable way of doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, how? I mean, government's there. The, uh, the, the bureaucracies are in place. There must be some way of... Uh, uh, it's confusing to me, Mark, to figure out how to get rid of it all. Like... Yeah, you could get elected and and make changes that way, but is that the only way to go about it? Is there another way to delegitimize the government? A bloody revolution. Well, there's another email that we might get to that answers that question, but let's go on with Al. He says, Ian's obviously a young idealist, and Mark is a pragmatic. I'm a year younger than you, Ian, but I'm, however, pragmatic. I can't have no, we cannot have no government, as apparently you would wish. And That's I don't, what he would I wish. I don't see why not. I mean, why not? Why do we have to have a, an agency with the monopoly on coercive force? Why? He says we still need an army. We need currency. We need roads, etc. Well, I, I'm not so sure about the currency thing. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think that we can. I think the Liberty Dollar has proven that uh, currencies will pop up. Ja- James Madison also on the army issue was uh, vehemently against a standing army. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I don't think that we do need an army. I think that we we could have would be militia groups formed on a voluntary basis by individuals who are concerned with protecting other people. I'm a bit on the fence with that. I don't think we should have a standing army, but I do think that we should uh, have a standing navy and a standing right. air force. Funded through coercion, right? Well, how else are you going to fund them? You shouldn't be funding anything through coercion. I Nothing is worth pointing I guns at other people over. I understand the principles that you're um, espousing, but... Wouldn't you prefer to see a government that's, um, you know, basically only had a military at this point, you know, that, that was much smaller and only contained a military at this point? Sure, I'd prefer a little less coercion than I have today. Great. Yes, but ideally, no coercion would be accept- uh, would be the most acceptable. I know situation. that would be ideal. We need roads, etc. Of course, roads uh, can be provided by the private uh, private industry as well. 
Maybe. Of course, this no, it's definite. Look at Disney World. They have the most um the best roads with the best signage that you will ever come across. Sure, and they own every bit of land where they are. They and don't own that's the, fine. They aren't putting any signage or any roads out in front of my house mm-hmm. where they don't own the land. Okay. Um so what you're all you're saying is that somebody that owns a piece of land could put some really great la- roads on that land. That's exactly what I'm saying. But it's going to be difficult to put for instance um when you look at the interstate system. Mm-hmm. People love the interstate system. The interstate system has brought down the price of all kinds of goods, including produce, um, plastic crap you buy at Walmart, just about everything. It's shipped by truck. We wouldn't have the interstate. I just can't imagine. It's difficult for me to fathom the interstate system under, um, you know, libertarian rule where there's no, uh, where roads are built by private individuals. Just because you can't wrap your mind around it doesn't mean it wouldn't happen. Well, that's that's so you say, but you're just leaving it to faith. It's the religion of the market. No, I'm leaving it to the marketplace. It's not faith. It's just a matter of if this is in demand, people in search of profit will provide it. It's simple. But apparent, it has to be greatly in demand. Imagine how mm-hmm. much a road is going to cost. When you don't think Walmart and listen, Target and all those other places that are running saying, those eighteen-wheelers. Disney bought its land in the '60s in mm-hmm. Florida when it was nothing but a phosphate mine. I mean, it was just a used phosphate mine. They got yeah. that land real cheap. Now, if I'm the only person between, um, you know, here and and Chicago or whatever, and I and you've managed to buy up all the land, it's going to be real expensive to get me to sell mine when you can't use coercion and mm-hmm. you can't use eminent domain to get that land. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. Uh, I didn't say it'd be easy, Mark, no, but no, it uh, won't be the easy. market can handle all sorts of amazing things. I think they can handle laying a little bit of road. I know you believe that. No public schools. He's, oh, he says, of course, this must be mi- as minimal as possible. The things he's he's talking about as far as government things that government must do. He says, no public schools, but private. No welfare state, but private charity. No death penalty, but incarceration. We live in a country, so we uh, so we need to have government. Otherwise, we would have ancient-style city-states, which I don't like the idea of. And I believe the Constitution is the greatest document ever written, but it can be interpreted in many ways, and we need mm. to respect everyone's viewpoint. It says, unfortunately, I agree with what's uh, said in the movie Network. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beal? You get up on your little 21-inch stre- uh, screen and howl about America and democracy. There's no America. There's no democracy. There's only IBM, ITT, AT&T, DuPont, Dow, Exxon, etc. Those are the nations of the world today. He says, grim, but I really believe this. The government's just a puppet of the corporate mafia. Well, government- it's, it, is, it is a puppet. It's, it's used, I don't know about puppet, it's used by these uh, corporations to get what they want, but mm-hmm. it's certainly used by some corporations on other corporations and that kind of thing. I... Um, if the it's the government power that's the problem. I mean, he's pointing that out. Government only keeps growing because big business keeps growing. We bow at the altar of the Nintendo Wii or Nike sneakers, not Uncle Sam. Call me a wacko. Um, I don't know what he means by that. We bow at the altar. Is it because a lot of people like those products? Is that what he's saying? I mean, the the people that make um, Nike and Nintendo, those companies, those people are providing products that mm-hmm. people want. If yeah. they didn't want them, they wouldn't be buying them, and then those companies would go out of business. If all of a sudden people decided they didn't want the Nintendo Wii anymore, and they didn't want the Nintendo GameCube or whatever else it is the Nintendo company is going to come out with, then there's no amount of government subsidy in the world that's going to save Nintendo. They're going under. Just like Sega's gone under. I don't think that he entirely um, entirely gets our statement when, he, when we say that government's the problem, not the corporations. The corporations that uh, make Wii, if they're, you know, constructing these uh, Wiis in sweatshops over in Korea, I don't know where they're constructing them, mm-hmm. and I don't know what by what means they're constructing them. It would seem difficult to me that they're doing sweatshops on, um, you know, high-end electronics. But 
um, you know, if they are, it's because they're using the governments over there to get what they want. And if they're getting unfair market share here, it's because they're using the government here um, and regulations here in mm-hmm. order to get unfair market share. It's not the providing of a service, and it's not the giving um, people jobs that you may not think are the greatest jobs in the world. I mean, let's speak out against restaurants and dishwashers then, because that's a crappy job too. There's definitely a problem between corporations and government, but I agree with you, Mark, that the problem is the government. The government is the violent tool that's just sitting out there waiting for one corporation to take control of and wield that that tool over the other corporations Mm -hmm. and over you and I as well. And also uh, waiting lobbyists and interest groups to take control of. That's all government is. Just a violent tool. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, and it's run by tools. Free Talk Live, toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. And we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It takes you less than a minute's time. And it makes a big difference for us because your votes help keep us in the top ten podcasts of the world. And we're currently there. But we could be higher up on the list if you would go and vote at vote.freetalklive.com. Us being in that top ten means more new people finding the message of freedom and liberty. Mm-hmm. And that's important. So vote.freetalklive.com. Just finishing up an email from Al. He's uh, covering some of the differences and agreements that uh, he and I and you, Mark, all have between ourselves. And uh, he's now getting into... The war on drugs. He says, I really don't want to go into every issue because they're so complex. I'll tell you, however, how I arrive at my viewpoints. I weigh the pros and the cons. For example, as you guys do, I oppose the drug war because I feel it causes more problems than it solves. Well, while that is true, it does cause more problems than it solves. That's not necessarily the reason that I oppose the war on drugs. The war on drugs is a violation of an individual's right to put whatever he or she wants in his or her own body. It's also a violation of the individual's of an individual's right to engage in commerce and sell uh, whatever it is that he or she wants to sell to other consenting individuals. It's just a violation of freedom, all all in all. It, you know whether or not weighing the benefits uh, of the drug war versus the benefits of not having the drug war isn't a question for me. It's a question of what's right and what's wrong. I, th- I can see your point, and I th- and I do agree with it. But um, if if the drug war worked, then you know we probably wouldn't even be having the discussion because there wouldn't be drugs anymore. They would have gotten rid of them all, um, and you know it would be. It would certainly make it, uh, it, it, it would be harder to argue against it. I suppose it would, but of course that's total fantasy. It is. There's I mean, no obviously way the drug war work. doesn't work. Right, because, and the reason why it doesn't work is because you can't repeal the law of supply and demand. You know, I'm, I'm sort of with him and sort of with you on this one, so I'm somewhere in between on this issue. The, that's the problem. That's one of the problems with government, Mark, is that mm-hmm. government laws, laws of man... Laws that men sitting in a room wrote, uh, writing down on paper, right. the, no matter how wordy they are, how wonderfully written they are, cannot override natural economic law. When there's supply and when there's demand out there, someone's going to supply it. It doesn't matter what the bureaucrats write down on paper. Sure. What um, the elected officials write statutes down. Statutes have nothing to do with real laws. How's Thank that? you for that. Yes. He says, however, I oppose illegal immigration. And he puts the illegal in all caps. Mm-hmm. 
which Ian apparently agrees with. Oh, I do too. I agree with immigration, period. I don't yes. think there should be a legal or illegal version of it. I, and I'm with Ian, I think, 100% on when it comes to uh, immigration. He says, because I believe it causes more problems on a macro level. From what I've seen, it damages schools, which are government-run, floods medical facilities, which are heavily regulated mm-hmm. by government. Well, it's and not the medical facilities. It's the free stuff. Right. That's uh, the, 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 the welfare. Yeah, the illegal the aliens are using. And even increases our prison incarceration rate. I would say that there's um, probably quite a few uh, illegal and uh, otherwise immigrants that are committing crimes in the United States. I, I would imagine there are. because, But I would think that their numbers are about the same as anybody in their income bracket. I think you're right. My parents are Im- immigrants, but legal immigrants. They learned English and are productive citizens. But Just they're legal because the laws were easier. Back then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one thing when, uh, and I'm, I don't know when his uh, parents emigrated or anything like that, but it's one thing when your um, ancestors came through Ellis Island, they checked you for TB and, uh, you know, quarantined you for three days, cha- ruined your last name, and then sent you on your way. That's completely different than the reams. Uh, you, you have to hire a lawyer now if you want to mm-hmm. get in the United States. You have to wait years and years. Fees. Don't forget the fees. All kinds of fees. History, though, proves, he says, that nations like ancient Rome failed because of the loss of national identity? No, we've, we've really gone over that on the air, and what the reason that Rome failed was big, oppressive government. Imagine that. He says, and by the way, I speak my great-grandfather's language, too. I just don't expect you to do the same. America can be defined as a society where its citizens are free, productive, and independent. That's the true America. I don't think that there's any illegal alien that has the expectation that you speak their language. Nope. Or any immigrant at all. Um, Now, it it does make some sense that uh, certain road signs, um, you know, be in different languages just for the purpose of having people understand them. It makes sense that there's some government forms. I don't think I should have to pay any extra money for that. I think that uh, if you need a government form printed in your language, you should have to pay for that uh, form. But, you know, here's the thing. I was driving into uh, Massachusetts yesterday, and I noticed a sign that said, Bienvenue, Massachusetts. In French. In French. It was in French. Outrageous! Oh, no. Our culture! It's not our, you know, see, it, the immigrant people would have a big problem with if it was written in Spanish. If mm-hmm. it was uh, Bienvenidos, uh, rather than Bienvenue, right. um, then it would have been a big deal. But you Yeah, because those just, Frenchies are white. They're coming down and they're spending money and all that other good stuff. Hey, guess what? Mexicans spend money, too. They do. They they, they may not have as much, but they, they spend what they've got. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. He says, don't make assumptions about me. For instance, I don't smoke pot, but I support your right to. As I was merely suggesting you spend more time on major issues instead of government bad, freedom good. Give us some. Uh, we talk about issues every night here. And if he means, if he's saying major issues and he means election 2008, we don't then do you're listening to the wrong show. But he government says, bad, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> free market good. Uh, give us some ideas, he says, as to how to change our system instead of having to move to New Hampshire. Uh, but, I, but I would love to give you some ideas if I felt like they were viable. I don't. I mean, what's, what are the ideas? Get into local office. How are you going to get into local office? Well, perhaps you can infiltrate your um, local Republican or Democratic Party. I'd try Republican, by the way, um, just because it seems like you have a better shot of you know being understood as a Republican. Um, in my, in my, to my mind, That's a libertarian just, makes more sense as a Republican. Well, uh, you could easily pose as a Republican uh, much easier than you could pose as a Democrat. I, I presume if you were coming from a more uh, social caring standpoint, it'd be easy to get a bunch of Democrats to vote for you. I, cer- I would certainly get, a, get by as a Republican. Joel Winters did it just fine here yes. in New Hampshire. 
infiltrate the um, other parties, try to get elected. Uh, maybe you can do. Maybe you, as one elected official in your local area, could do something. I doubt it. But Al, you have to understand, we're here in New Hampshire because we don't believe that anything else will work. Right. We we picked up and moved because we don't believe that um, libertarianism has a shot. Any place else. They, the Libertarian Party has given it a shot for the last 35 years, and basically all they've ever gotten elected is, um, you know, soil commissioners and dog catchers. We're here in New Hampshire because Jason Sorens, who founded the Free State Project, did the research that shows that migrations, um, migrations with a common theme have effect. The socialists have definitely had an effect in Vermont. They moved there in the 70s. The party... Quebecois, I believe it is, has definitely had an effect in Quebec. The, uh, the, the, this, this is something that has worked in the past, and it's going to work again. And we've asked time and time again on the air for other people to share their ideas as to how to make a change, how to make, it, uh, make America more free. Right. And the phone lines usually are dead uh, when we it ask does, that question. It doesn't happen. I mean, I believe in downsized D.C. Um, is probably the best thing you, we can do to hopefully stave off some of the uh, worst legislation that goes through the uh the, the US right. um you know the the big United States uh, government but on a state level it's growing unchecked there you go that's Al from uh, from New York City 1-800-259-9231 let's go to Kent in Fort Worth Texas you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark hey Kent what's on your mind hey gentlemen how you doing good yes, sir what's up hey i'm going to tell you how they blew the towers Great. Oh, boy. Okay. We never heard this before. <laughs> okay. First of all, go and find thermite versus a car and watch what a thermite does in a car. And this is what it looks like they did. I'll go pick and, up some thermite tonight listen, and give that a try, Kent. Listen, they, they must have put some kind of a tape down. Thermite thermite comes, looks like about rabbit, rabbit uh, food, about little pellets. Uh-huh. Mm. And they probably put the, the, the primer cord on the tape. Then they, then they uh, put these uh, small beads of thermite on it, wrapped it up. And somehow taped it inside the building. That's the only way they could have done it. Okay. Hold on. Um, how much thermite would it take? I mean, uh, I don't know. A little but piece I mean, of rabbit poop. Hey, hold, hold it. It's, these beams were cut at 45 degree angle. And then uh, I'm watching Alex Jones show, and the guy says if they add sulfur to it, he makes it hotter. It, the, the stuff was cut real quick. So what are you going to do about all this, huh? Well, another, another guy. Call some more radio what, shows. What hey, what happened to the center beams? You tell know. me, Kent. Okay. What are you going to do about all of it? And he also said the camera was shaking about nine seconds before the tower fell. Uh, that's the signature of a thermite. Factoid after long. factoid. What are you going to do about it, Kent? Expose it. Yeah, call some more radio shows, right? That'll do it. That'll what? change the world. Going to expose it to some of your friends, and then what? Then what, Kent? And then what? What's next? Hey, that guy in New Hampshire over there is caught in his house. The IRS is after him. I right? was there yeah. this weekend. You don't have okay, to tell me about that. Weekend. Are they camping out? Yep. Yes, they oh. are. And what, no, what's going to happen with the whole uh, conspiracy thing? What's next? Go ahead. You've got 20 what seconds. What conspiracy are you talking about? The one you're talking about. Conspiracy is in a Bible ten times and conspires in a Bible. Get out. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Blow me up, baby. Number. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hour number two is on the way. This is the end of the segment, anyway. He was talking about the building blowing up. It seemed appropriate. Our two's coming up. This is your show. That, it is Free Talk The car Live. sure did blow up. All right. More coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. Every feature you'll find is completely free. That's freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones, to the fun, let's talk to Jarvis in Pennsylvania on the amplifier line. Hey, Jarvis. Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, I just to talk to you about uh, a meeting I just got back from in Las Vegas that I think might be of interest to you and probably Hmm. some of your listeners. All right. Uh, it's It's called The Amazing Meeting, and it was founded by a guy named James Randi, which uh, he plays old now, but when he was younger, he used to be called The Amazing Randi. Yes. He was a magician then. He's a famous skeptic now. Um, Yes, he's a famous skeptic now, and he has a a challenge, a million-dollar challenge, where if any um, so-called paranormalist or uh, someone with supernatural abilities can prove that they have the abilities they claim, he'll give them a million dollars. Yes, and And so far, far, um, no one has ever been able to even come close to collecting the million dollars. Right, that's correct. So this meeting is kind of a collection of, of people like him that are skeptical of paranormal and other claims. Um, but what was interesting to me, because um, I've been interested in this for a while, but one of the uh, speakers at the meeting was Nick Gillespie, which a lot of people recognize as the editor of Reason Magazine, Okay. Um, who's a libertarian, uh, it's a libertarian magazine. And uh, so he asked uh, how many people in the audience were libertarians, and it was a, a huge fraction. I mean, it was hand-raising, so it's hard to talk about. At least like a third to a half of the people um, claimed that they were, you know, at least small-l libertarians. Excellent. Um, right, which I thought was uh, um, quite an interesting cross-section. And I think, um, you know, first I wanted to say, you should, if people are interested in this kind of thing, maybe you haven't heard of it, um, going to randy.org uh, is where they can get more information. That's about randi.org. That's correct. Right. And um, um, so when I was talking to Nick Gillespie kind of after his talk about this, I thought that was really interesting, and also just because I wanted to meet him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we were were speculating that probably the reason for the overlap is that libertarians uh, who are skeptics, um, so not necessarily people like uh, Paula or Ken or some of your Saturday callers, but... um, I don't think Paula, I don't think people, well, hold on a second, just a point of clarification. I don't think Paula counts as a libertarian. Just because you call Free Talk Live doesn't make you a libertarian. You're probably right. Okay, Um, go on. But I I think that many libertarians, at least, often um, are libertarians because they are skeptical of the government. And when they hear a government claim, they look into it and investigate, well, does that make sense? Could this be true? Has it worked? I think you're right about that. um, so, so I thought that was very interesting. So the, the, some of the people at the meeting that were libertarians, there's Pendulette was there, uh, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone of South Park. What Was Teller wow. there? Oh, no. Yes, Teller. Both, yeah, they were both there. Excellent. Um, Mike, Michael Shermer, who's also a libertarian. Oh, yeah, we had um, him on the show. Ron, yep, Ron Bailey was there. So there's a, quite a few libertarians there who were expressing their skepticism about you know various... So it was uh, basically a skeptics books. convention, is what you're saying. That's right. That's right. I mean, and more um, so that when you say, at least when I think of conventions, I think of kind of trade conventions mm-hmm. or things that are kind of more technical. This was not so much technical. I mean, it's for the public and, and kind of a way to you know get people who are interested in this stuff together and, and Neat. to meet each other and talk. So is this a once a year yeah, sort of thing they do? Yes. Um, so it's and well, it's, it's it has been once a year. This is the fifth one. Um, the next one will actually be in eighteen months because they want they realize that January is tough for educators to go, so they decided they want to have it in June next time mm-hmm. to get more. Teachers um, who can then spread the skepticism. Skepticism is definitely a healthy thing, and uh, thanks for bringing us the news on that. Any other thoughts, Jarvis? 
I know that's it tonight. I just want to Appreciate it, man. Time. Thanks for the call. I'm glad you had a good time there. It sounds like it would have been a blast. 800-259-9231, hanging around with the likes of uh, Penn and & Teller and James Randi. Very cool. I would think so. You know, the word skeptic, I think it has a a bad connotation to it. Really? Um, to Do some you have an extent. alternative word? I don't. And I, I'm just... I'm just I, I'm just talking here. Um, really? Why, why would that have a bad connotation? Someone who questions everything? Everything. Like, my wife's sick of it. She's <laughs> sick and tired of hearing me being skeptical about everything. Because mm. I just don't, you know, I, I generally don't believe things that are presented to me if right. they're not presented in a certain fashion. Why can't, can't you just believe, Mark? <laughs> why really? can't you just believe? Well, uh, why do you have to Why do you have to question out loud, I really think is what her really? uh, question is. Because she has to hear it all the time. If you can imagine how awful it must be hearing, uh, you know, 12 hours a day of uh, Free Talk Live, you know, right in your head all the time. And I think that's kind of sad. <laughs> What's that? I think it's kind of sad that, uh, that she doesn't appreciate your skepticism. Um, she She's essentially telling you, be quiet. You should be more of a follower. I, I, Believe I, everything you're told, or at least a good percentage of it. <laughs> well, I think it's because I uh, expound on it and go on and on. But, mm. um, you know, the, uh, people can get sick of skepticism. 1-800-259-9231. I suppose that would apply to followers. Yes, followers could get, could get sick of skepticism, in which case, too bad for them. Let's talk to Brent in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Brent. Hey, what's on your mind, sir? Well, I want to talk about what I think the effects of having libertarians in office would be. Oh, cool. Okay, great. Um, well, I mean, I just don't – I don't foresee it being that effective a way to, to really change the way the government works. You know, I mean, the Republicans in name, at least, were the government – were the party of small government. It's true. You know, back in Contract in America and whatever, and – it's not, I think, that there was like some huge conspiracy among the entire Republican National Convention or whatever to lie to the American public and say, well, we're going to say we're for small government, but really we're not. I think that the vast majority of them probably thought that they were for small government. You know, just like the vast majority of libertarians think that, yeah, if I got elected in there, I'd cut this and I'd slash that. But you know what? You get in there, get your hands on those reins of power and... Things look a lot different, I think. All right, and then uh, that's fair to say that, and I can I can agree with you to an extent. But the question then becomes, what do we do about it? Well, um, truth be told, <laughs> I'm kind of of the opinion that runaway government government is a self-correcting problem in the end. Um, so you're you know, saying make it bigger, make it bigger, and then it'll come crashing down. Well, I mean, it's just the cost of it. You know, I mean, you're like you're. There were a couple of theories early in the show about, you know, what brought Rome down. Well, frankly, I think what brings most large overgrown governments down is just the cost. You know, when you have a certain percentage of the society as a parasite or very parasitic, you know, which is the government mm -hmm. percentage, and a certain percentage is actually producing something, you know, the parasitic percentage has to live on something. And once it's too big and it completely kills the productive percentage, you know, it, it dies too. It's, this is true. I mean, what, you, what you're saying is historically accurate. I mean, eventually they, uh, eventually this government will fall. But I don't know if I want it. I don't know if I want it to get that big. And well, because then I it's, mean, I mean, it's not like it was a uh, hundred years ago, where it, where governments back then they didn't have the tentacles into our lives like they do today. They didn't have the technology that they could use yeah. to really screw with us. And I think well, that there's there's probably. Um, 
a way to wean government down that's going to be less revolutionary than the government just falling. You know, it doesn't seem like a, a great thing to me to have our government just poof, disappear. Well, I, I think that you're going to see a lot of uh, you know, negative consequences of that. I think that uh, I've actually been thinking about this a lot recently because I, I also don't like the idea of bloody revolution or if the government collapsing and babies being thrown into the street because their parents can't afford to feed them or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't like that idea either. And to seems me, it unlikely. seems like the one, one reasonable and maybe likely or more likely to succeed than not solution is to try to, you know, for instance, open a private school, um, start a private police agency, do things like this while the government is still there. And granted, you know, probably only um, richer folks are really going to want to pay to have somebody watch their house when they're out of town on vacation mm-hmm. or to have somebody to call instead of the government police if their house gets broken into and things like that, you know, um, it, it may not be something that everybody can afford because they're also having to pay for government right now. You know, I, to, I agree with portion of their in, income goes to. I taxes. have to say, I agree with that approach as well. Creating competing, voluntarily funded agencies, private agencies, in order to compete with the government. I agree with that approach, but I feel like what we're going to see happen is a combination of approaches. I think that maybe we should yeah. have someone like, for instance, Dave. The guy that calls from New Hampshire has come up with an idea for a, what is essentially a freedom insurance policy, where if mm-hmm. the government comes after you, then his insurance company will come out and protest in your favor and do things to you know, sway the verdict and that sort of thing. And Brent, thanks for the call. We appreciate it as always. 800-259-9231. So you can have like a freedom insurance to where the government won't want to mess with people that have freedom insurance if the freedom insurance gets popular enough. And uh, maybe the freedom insurance could sort of morph into a uh, free market protection agency. All the while, the political types are out there doing their political thing and and using their platform to spread the message of freedom and maybe paring the government down a bit. We'll explore this more on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you bring up whatever you want. So free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet, 8.net. Toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. That does include the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. There's a lot of pages, over 900 of them, created by listeners like you, and you can go there and add your own content to the wiki. It's like the listener editable uh, editable version of our website. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. So then, uh, we were talking last hour and a little bit this hour, I think, just generally about getting in control of government and changing it from the inside as to the efficacy of that particular approach to achieving more freedom, or doing something from the outside of government, doing uh, things like creating alternative uh, agencies, um, protection companies, maybe insurance from government uh, harassment, different things like that, Other uh, thinking outside of the box, because everybody's always thought, well, we just have to get in charge of the government, then we'll set it our way, and everything will be fine. And well, maybe it's not going to be... Government sort of is the problem. Right, government is the problem, and so I was actually... 
in uh, sending a couple emails back and forth with one of our listeners, and he made a few claims. And I said, well, while I agree with you about politics in that it's not really that effective, I said, what's your solution for ending government absent a political takeover? Because that's what most people think. You've got to take over government in order to pare it down. Makes sense. And so Greg writes back with his solution. He says, oh, well, that is the million-dollar question now, isn't it? You can't really end government with takeovers. Attempting such a thing only really belies the truth that we haven't really fully accepted the belief in nonviolence. What's more, wanting to bring down a government that is out there is a symptom of a more significant under- underlying problem. I know how cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs all of the following is going to make me sound, but here goes. But I want to address one thing first, and that is he says we full- haven't fully accepted the belief in nonviolence. And that is, he's suggesting that by running for office, you are in effect endorsing uh, the government. You are in effect uh, going to get a paycheck that has been funded through coercion. Now, well, you're recognizing that the government exists and that it's, you know, it's limiting our freedoms by its existence and then, go, and, you know, working within the system, I say, is uh, recognizing less violence than a bloody revolution. To me, that's the only other option. I see where you're I see where you're coming from. And as someone who's going to be managing uh, campaigns here in Keene. I'm not going to be running for office just because I can't bring myself to do something like that. (laughs) Uh, But for those of you who will be running, and Mark, I believe you're going to be one of them. I am going to be one of them. For those of you who will be running, we've come up, or I've come up with an idea. Now, I don't know if if you've decided to go with this or not yet, but I think that this is one way to sort of alleviate the, uh, the mental anguish that at least I would be feeling about receiving a paycheck that was funded through coercion. Here in Keene, the city councilors are paid $2,000 a year. Right. It's pittance. Right. And I figured what we should do is, and you're going to run either for city councilor or mayor, we've yet to decide that, but I think what should be done is each candidate should pledge in advance of their election, should pledge to give that money. I know it's stolen and everything, but should pledge to give that coerced money to charity. Because at least then you're not pocketing the funds and somebody else, uh, some charitable organization, is is benefiting it from it because it'd be way too difficult to actually say, okay, come on in and we'll give you your thirty five cents back. You know? Oh, absolutely. It would be it would, it'd be impossible to do right. such a thing. Way too bureaucratic. You know, I I understand it's a strong position. I don't know whether I'm uh, you know interested in giving up all that time for my community or uh, whomever trying to oh, give I back see. freedom to everybody. Um, and all that not, time. Yeah, I don't know how much time we're talking about. Mm. I, I just don't. I mean, here, how about this? Now I'm how questioning about I put, whether I want to manage your how campaign. About, how about I put 60 hours a week in every single week and then give my $80,000 paycheck back? You're not going to have an $80,000. I'm just, I'm just pointing out. You're, you're um, blanket statementing um, that, uh, you know, that people that run, you know, libertarians mm-hmm. that run for office should give all their money back. I don't know what the mayor gets paid. You don't know what the mayor 5, gets paid. it's 5000 You think it is, but you don't know. I'm not sure. And you don't know how much time that mayor puts in um, besides, right. you know, manning the security, the, uh, the, the city council. I don't, you know, if I'm putting in every day um, a good portion of my day, no. I don't intend to give back the paycheck because I need to live. Huh. Well, this will be something that we'll, uh, we'll have to discuss as time goes on. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well, the idea of uh, libertarians refusing essentially their paychecks from government if in I the event they get elected. I think it's a strong position. 1-800-259-9231, because your purpose there is to cut the government down to size, and I think that's, a, that's something that will show how serious you are about not, being, about not changing, not being affected by the power. 
and I think that's that'll be a good indicator to a lot of people. I think it would be too. And plus, it'll be a good way to get charities on your side as well, get endorsements from uh, various different local charities. That it would. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We'll continue discussing uh, alternatives to government or alternatives to getting elected here in a moment. But let's go to Fred in Montana, listening on KGEZ or on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Fred. Good evening, John. Hey, Fred. Sir, what's hey, uh, up? Are you running for mayor? What kind of government does that town have? Does it have a manager form of government, or is the mayor in charge? There is a city manager. City manager. Then all the mayor is is nothing but a figurehead. That's, That's correct. correct. He has He's... no more power than any of the councilmen. He no, actually has the less. The manager runs the... The, run, the manager runs the town, and they rubber stamp everything the, the manager wants. It's true. Actually, here in this, here in Keene, the uh, the the mayor actually doesn't even have a vote. The council members do. Only the mayor gets a vote if there's a tie. So really, he actually okay, has less right. power. I think you're right on that. Yeah. yeah. He has less power. All he does is cut ribbons and stuff. So what else was well, on your mind, mayor, Fred? Being a mayor is no big deal anymore because I said with these manager former governors, to me, is nothing but pure communism. Right. It's the town it's, manager that's making employee. eighty thousand. Well, you got a government employee controlling the government employees. Yep. And that's a bunch of bull. It should be the private sector controlling the government employees, not a government employee controlling. And usually that government employee, you makes. I know in the little town I live in, the manager makes about $90,000 yep. a year. Yeah, they make good money. It's like that yeah, here. Yeah, fabulous money for doing nothing except trying to raise our taxes. Precisely right. Uh, a couple more little points real, real quick. Yes, sir. I got an article here, an email, that this guy, Obama, who's mm-hmm. running for president... Is a, is a hardline Muslim. He's hiding it by being a Christian, but you know, but we better start asking questions to this guy. Is he a hardline Muslim? I don't care. Well, he's, I, he's I a do. government guy. He's uh, somebody who's a a big government uh, elected official. He's it, he's no different from Hillary Clinton. No different from George Bush. They're all the same to me. I don't care what his religion is. Uh, except for the fact. Uh, here's my, here's my third topic. Real real quick. Uh, we're trying to this, we're trying to install a democracy, which I think is a bunch of which doesn't look communist. Also, sure it is in, in in Iraq and also in Afghanistan. How can you install a democracy in those two countries when on their constitution they are a theocracy? I don't know. It does, I don't think it's going to work very well. <laughs> it can't work, right? Because they are the Iraq Constitution is a theocracy. You, uh, the, the Iraq Constitution is a relatively new document. So, you know, only a couple but years it's still old. Still a theocracy. I didn't. I, I didn't see that. Um, have I, you it's read a it? Really, really long yeah. document compared to our. They uh, have constitution. to go by the Muslim religion. Installing anything on anybody uh, by force is bound to fail. And even though they're going to send twenty thousand more troops over there, they're bound to fail as well. Fred, thanks well, for the call. How hmm? can Obama, if he is a Muslim? How can he swear an oath to the Constitution when he's swearing an oath to be a Muslim? I, I don't know. Right. I don't think you should have to. Actually, from what I hear, it's unconstitutional to swear an oath on the Bible. More on the way. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. It is the Packet8.net toll-free line, by the way. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, including updates. You get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. What's your liberty issue? Taxes? Register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers include 
Christopher Gronsky, New Hampshire coordinator for the We the People Congress and a taxpayer activism panel. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. By the way, we just got off the phone with Fred in Montana, and he was, um, it, I guess he was concerned with this allegation that Barack Obama is a Muslim and he's hiding it. Look, first of all, I don't care what religion he is. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is what he's done in office. And he's another big government guy, just like everybody else in Washington, D.C., with the exception of perhaps Ron Paul. He's just just another one of the D.C. cronies, and I have no interest in him. I have no interest in talking about him or caring about what his religious beliefs are. But nonetheless, I thought it was interesting because the very end of Fred's call, he pointed something out about, well, how can this guy be sworn in He's a if he's not a Christian? Well, according to uh, Johnson, who sent me this uh, via instant message over the weekend, he's been doing a little bit of research. Um, and in fact, according to the Constitution, no one who is essentially... Uh, let's see. The senators, representatives before mentioned, the members of several state legislators shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution, but no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the, under the United States. The suggestion being there that, uh, according to Johnson, people should be placing their hand on a copy of the Constitution when they swear in. Not the Bible. I would concur with that. Swearing in on the Bible apparently is unconstitutional. Although that may be a strict reading of that text because it does say that no religious test shall ever be required. I think you might be able to take a swearing in as the Constitution as an option yeah. as opposed to swearing in on the Bible. But nonetheless, just because someone doesn't believe in the Bible doesn't mean they shouldn't be able to be elected to office. Well, um, with, when it comes to Barack Obama, I, you know... Um, I'm hearing things on both sides of this. Uh, right. I just I find it difficult to believe that he's a practicing Muslim. Um, I haven't seen any evidence of that. Not that I don't think that the major media wouldn't hide it, because I think they would. I think that uh, Barack Obama being a Muslim, uh, you know, the the people that uh, are supporting him, and and I would say that the media really does support him, would probably try to hide it. But at the same time, it's it's Rush Limbaugh yeah, stuff. Those guys, that's what I was about to say. Hannity, Limbaugh, all those guys be all over him. Well, well, he, um, Rush Limbaugh's um, planting the seeds of doubt by saying Barack Hussein Obama, because uh-huh. he put he mentions his middle name every single time, as though saying, um, you know, he, right. this, this guy is a, a Muslim descent and therefore cannot be trusted. I, I don't think that the so fact trust that, Hillary. I, I mean, don't think wh- the fact that he grew up, um, you know, he spent, you know, he was like six years old. He was in a Muslim school over in Indonesia or wherever it was. Really indicates that he was um, that that he's a Muslim now. I spent nine years at a, in Christian education, and I'm not a Christian now. Hey, let's get an atheist into the race, okay? Because the, according to the statistics, Americans hate atheists even more than they hate Muslims. Oh, I'm sure they do. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But again, I don't care what his religion is. What matters is his opinions on government. And he, like virtually everyone running for president, except Ron Paul, wants to make government bigger. Yeah. Once people stop believing, back to Greg's email about other alternatives to, because the traditional way of changing the country is to get in charge of government and change it from the inside. Well, Greg wants to uh, look into some alternatives. He says once people stop believe in go- uh, believing in government as a real thing and as a good thing, it will up and vanish like a fart in the wind. No revolution necessary. He says, fundamentally, government exists only because we say it does. Right. I believe that government, because it's pr- uh, predicated on, contradic- on a contradictory and self-destructive understanding of human nature, 
e.g., men are dangerous and violent, so let's erect a massive monopoly institution predicated on violence that will control those dangerous and violent men, (laughs) is an institution that will always self-destruct on its own, with little involvement from us. Sometimes it can happen quickly, sometimes it takes a while, but it always happens. Governments always fail. But they seem seem to fill them, um, the the void seems to fill with something With another government? Yeah. History clearly shows this. Sometimes it can even happen bloodlessly. Take a look at the old Soviet Union. It collapsed almost overnight as a result of a handful of bureaucratic bungles that convinced people, the people suffering under it that it no longer had any power over them. Indeed, that it no longer existed. But there's also an urgent message embedded in the Soviet example. That collapsing government, after all, was simply replaced by another one, mm-hmm. which itself is now already beginning to fail. So it's simply not enough for us to just wait around for our own government to collapse of its own weight and expect utopia to spring up in its place. History shows that won't happen. We absolutely must work to reach the majority of the people with three important ideas before the end of this government comes, or the bastard demon will rebirth itself. And here are his three concepts. Number one. I'm really liking this email so far. End the widespread belief in the institution of government and its moral necessity. I think that's what we are, uh, at least that's what I work for here on Free Talk Live on a nightly basis. Yes, to, you do. To delegitimize the government. He says we need to keep hammering on the fact that an old piece of parchment with fancy writing on it is not what makes us all moral, self-sufficient human beings, any more than the Bible does. We need to keep harping on the fact that Greek architecture... Uh, architecture and starched uniforms do not imbue human beings with any more capacity uh, for uh, wisdom or goodness or knowledge than any other human being already has. And I think you guys are doing a great job on this front. Number two, restore confidence in the belief that human beings are capable of rational self-interest and that that is not a bad thing. Rational self-interest absolutely includes such things as compassion and empathy as much as it includes desire and self-satisfaction. What's more, coercive and violent institutions like government actually undermine this capacity for a balanced understanding of self-interest rather than enforcing it. This is because, as I've said above, government is predicated on the questionable presumption of the necessity of violence in human lives. Instead, we should be making it clear to people that the horrific Hobbesian war of, against, war of all against all that they fear is exactly what we have now, and that anarchy, or the lack of a government... The free market, as I prefer, is precisely the peace that they yearn for. So, again, the idea is that we don't need this state, this entity, this violent force uh, to tempt people to get in control of others with. Number three, provide plausible theories of civil society that are absent of violent and coercive institutions like government. This is something we try to do, and it's hard, because it's hard to envision uh, alternative versions of society. It's and hard. it's easy to poke holes in these um, visions of, you know, alternative visions of society. Right, because they're, they're just ideas. I mean, they, they aren't concrete. They haven't actually happened yet in many cases. He says a fundamental stumbling block to convincing people they don't need government is the notion that there are some things that free men are incapable of doing for themselves. But it would be wrong, and miss the point of the idea of freedom, I think, to try to erect an all-encompassing replacement system for government. Indeed, I believe we must shift the burden of proof onto the believer in government. Make it his duty to demonstrate to us, absolutely, that the marketplace is incapable of meeting the needs of every human being sufficiently, and that the inherently contradictory theory of government, one that has failed every time it's been tried, is the only alternative. 
hmm. to do this. I think that we should begin the process uh, process of constructing workable, uh, working theories and plausible models of social interaction that are more logically sound than the ridiculous theory of government, which shouldn't be all that difficult. Your private insurance and Molyneux's uh, uh, DROs are two such plausible models. And this, uh, this again goes back to my suggestion earlier that not only should we be talking about these things, but somebody should actually do it. Like Dave here in New Hampshire thinking about creating this freedom insurance program. Somebody should actually do some of these government alternative, government replacing sort of uh, programs and, uh, and concepts. And that way we can really put it to the test and see if it will work out, see if people will pay. Because I told Dave, you come up with government insurance, I'll be your first customer. I mean, a couple hundred bucks a year? To insure me, to protect me from the state? <laughs> well, Sign me up. It's not an insurance or anything, but it does ensure that somebody would come you to know, your aid. To your aid, yeah. Exactly. 1-800-259-9231. If you've got some ideas for some ways that we can do one of those three things, to end the widespread belief of the institution of government, to provide plausible theories of a civil society, how would it all work without the government? If you want to focus on something... I'll pick one. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line for you. For all your voiceover IP needs, head over to Packet8.net. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. In fact, over 320 of our listeners have become amplifiers, and it's a simple pro- uh, project. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is that we're giving everything away on our website for free, so we're asking you to voluntarily support us for as little as $3 a month. You head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the pledge. It's a monthly basis. It'll be taken out of your credit card or your PayPal account. You won't even know it's there. I mean, 3 bucks a month, no big deal. Now, some people have decided on their own to contribute more. Some people have gone up to $5, 10 $25 a month. In fact, some people have really gone crazy. Like Cato from Tennessee, he just doubled his amp. Really? From 100 to $200 a month. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, that's totally not what we're asking for, but I, hey, I'm not going to turn it down, right? And in fact, not only did he double his amp, he's also challenged other amplifiers to step up and double their amps as well. If they could afford it. If you can't afford it, then don't do it. But, man, he's really putting his money where his mouth is, I guess. So I guess so. He's our, he's our number one amplifier I at this point. he is. Wow, that's really impressive. Thanks, Cato. Yes, big thanks to, uh, to Cato. From yeah, and, and we say thanks. It's not like... Thanks to all 320. It, really, I, I, you know... Those amplifiers make the show happen, right. but I just I still want to want to make abundantly clear to everybody we don't get any of that money. It goes to advertise, market, market and, and promote, promote free, free talk, talk live. live. Right. We get uh, we're actually going to be going to another talk radio convention here in another month and a half in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and that's going to be paid for by AMP. We buy uh, talk radio industry advertising. Uh, to get on more radio stations, that's paid for by AMP. And there's a list of things that that the money is um, spent on right there at amp.freetalklive.com. And again, I don't want to make it sound like we're highlighting Cato as the best of all amplifiers. He's just the guy that's kicking in the most. If it weren't for the other 321, then all we'd have is $200 a month. But because of the other 321 of you, we've got over $2,000 a month coming in, which makes a big difference. 
That allows us to buy half-page ads in Talkers Magazine, and that allows us to look as big as the other guys. Sure. The it's, Neil Bortzes. what works. The uh, Ed Schultzes, those other guys that have hundreds of radio stations. Uh, we've got the same size ad as they do, thanks mm-hmm. to you. Amp.freetalklive.com. All right, so back to Greg's email. He has a few more thoughts for us, uh, suggesting some alternatives to the traditional methods of getting uh, getting rid of government. The traditional method being, well, we got to elect our guys, and they'll get in there, and they'll cut the size of government. Well, it hasn't worked so far. Uh, I'm not saying it wouldn't work if you got the right people in there, and that's why I'm still going to be um, involved in politics to an extent here in, in New Hampshire. But I like Greg's approach in that we need to end the widespread belief of the institution of government and its moral necessity, that is, get it into people's heads, the idea that government isn't great. It's not a wonderful institution. It's an institution based on violence. It's a coercive organization. And it's not nice to use coercion on your friends and neighbors. It's just not. Let's get that into people's heads. He says also, restore the confidence in the belief that human beings are capable of rational self-interest. The idea that we don't need a mommy government around, which is also made up of human beings, to tell us what to do. Number three, to provide plausible theories of civil society. These alternative methods of providing services that traditionally people look to government for. And those are some of the things that we do here on Free Talk Live on a a nightly basis. And I'm always interested in new ideas as to how we can, for instance, take the roads out of government hands and put them into private hands. What's the transition going to be like? there greg says the bottom line is we don't absolute we don't need to absolutely convince people of these three things all we really need to do is to get them to the point that they're willing to entertain these questions seriously now once that happens i think the idea of armed revolution says greg will be seen as uh, will be seen as superfluous anachronism since government will simply cease to be anything that one could tangibly revolt against by this point in the discussion, most people think I'm either A, stark raving mad, or B, a coward. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. I, I'm with him. I think it's going to be a combination of these concepts. I think that if we can do one, two, and three, if we can end the widespread belief in the necessity of government, if we can provide plausible alternatives, these are things that we can do at the same time as we're electing people who believe the way that we do. People like you, Mark, putting people like you in office to... Mm-hmm. Use your position as mayor to promote the alternatives. Use your position as mayor to promote these ideas, to visibly show people that, hey, you know what? We don't need government to do these things. In fact, I'm going to show you that let, let's cut this out. We'll let uh, private, the private market take care of it, and uh, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I'm the mayor. I, I say so. I don't know. Just get on the inside. I think that a lot of people would disagree, but, you know, you, you might be able to get some people to agree. And if, I, you've, if you've got enough people to agree to elect you, then that's when, the, that's when you get to, to prove it to them. Yeah, it's true. So I think it's going to be a variety of different things. And the civil disobedience crowd is going to be out there, too, bringing attention to different issues. Of course, it all is, I think it's all going to come to a head here in New Hampshire. I don't see any of this happening effectively anywhere else. Once New Hampshire starts to change... Once New Hampshire's is the one government of all 50 states that is getting smaller every year, <laughs> then things will be really interesting. That's when people are really going to start paying attention. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it might be a few years where it gets uh, slowly smaller, that uh, it mm-hmm. passes under the radar, but at some point, people that believe in small government are really going to start to pay attention. You can already, you can already tell something's happening. And those of you who are around the country and around the world listening to Free Talk Live, 
you know something's going on. You can you can feel the excitement when people call in and talk about what uh, sort of things are going on within the state of New Hampshire. Not only uh, what's going on from a civil disobedience aspect, uh, but also from a political aspect. Us last week talking about the de- decriminalization of marijuana. I mean, I have never once encountered so many people, so many activists getting together and, and getting things done within a short time frame on one issue like that. Mm-hmm. We got wind of the marijuana issue here in this state on a Thursday, and by Wednesday the next week, there was a website that had been launched. There was an organization. Now, to be fair, the organization had been sort of planned in advance to some extent, but not to a large extent. It was just like there had been one meeting. Hey, let's get together a group for legalizing marijuana. Okay. And then nothing happened, and nothing happened, and we were waiting and waiting on the website to get put online. Then finally this bill drops. And all of a sudden, the activism started. Right. It got real important real quick. And there were so many people that showed up, law enforcement against prohibition. It was just, it was just, it's invigorating uh, to be here where there's so much pro-freedom activity going on. So much activity that you have to be choosy about what you go and do. Because there's sometimes competing pro-freedom activities. Sometimes you can't make it to one thing because you're already committed to going to something else. So that's a problem I enjoy having. And I think a lot of other people would as well. And so I know that a lot of people are, are can feel the excitement from outside of New Hampshire. And I could, when I was living down in Florida, I knew there was something going on. And I knew it was exciting, but it's a whole other sensation to actually be a part of it. It's a whole other sensation to be there uh, with the other activists holding signs on the side of the road. Or being, uh, for instance, videotaping uh, some civil disobedience. To, to actually be there for it. Or holding uh, the U.N. flags in the fire, as we did, Mark, this yeah. year, the, the U.N. flag burn. That was pretty cool, too. Right. So, and, and actually being here and taking part in that activism helps build the, uh, the activism, helps encourage more of it. And, of course, the more people that are taking part in it encourage more people from around the, the country and around the world to say, hey, yeah, something really is going on there. I'm going to be there soon and take part in it myself. And it's going to really be, I think, a, quite a, a snowball effect. There's going to be a point of critical mass. There's going to be a point uh, where there's no turning back from liberty in this state. I can't wait for that day. <laughs> a point at which where perhaps maybe the socialists will decide to throw in the towel. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. No? Uh, not, you don't not think they'll ever soon. give up, huh? Not anytime soon. Um, think about it for you know from the, the point of view of... I All I can think of is the uh, gal who... Uh, had the the oath for a smaller government that we had on mm-hmm. the the show i can't remember what her name is but she was from massachusetts carla howell she was on um, nine months ago or something like that we talked yeah. to her about the free state project and she she's doing a great thing where she is in massachusetts she couldn't see moving to the next state north in order to participate in the free state project it just True. didn't make any sense to her probably because she's really established where she is and doesn't want to pick up her life and move it. And I think for that same reason, you can apply that to the uh, socialists that are out there, and they're not going to want to pick up their lives and move it either. They're just going to complain about how the government should be taking care of this and taking care of that. Hmm. We need to figure something out. But like, We need to make it very clear to them that there's an influx of people that aren't like them coming here, well, you and need... then maybe give them a financial incentive, maybe like a, a private organization that would help them move, <laughs> like move out. Go, go away. Bzz. Go next door to Vermont or California. 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line, because eventually it's going to be hopeless for them. That's what I'm looking forward to. 
Hour three's on the way. Coming up, we're going to talk about how to kill the FCC. <laughs> yes, indeed. They are going to die. And we'll explain how it can happen. Coming up, Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. As we launch into hour number three, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so do enjoy those. Again, they're on us, freetalklive.com. I said we're going to talk about killing the FCC, and I mean it. In fact, Jack Schaefer, uh, Schaefer at Salon, or Slate, rather, not Salon, Slate.com, means it as well. And here's his vision, and I think it's pretty good. He says, suppose Congress had established in the early 19th century a Federal Publications Commission to regulate the newspaper, magazine, and newsletter business. The supporters of the FPC would have argued that such regulation was necessary because paper pulp-grade timber is a scarce resource, and this scarcity made it incumbent upon the government to determine not only who could enter the publication business, but also where. Hence, the FPC would issue publication licenses to the best applicants and deny the rest. Whenever an aspiring publisher pointed out that timber wasn't scarce at all, that huge groves of trees in Canada and the Western Territories made it plentiful, and that he wanted to start a new publication based on this abundance, an FP, uh, FPC commissioner would just talk down to him. He'd explain that because somebody had discovered additional timber didn't mean that the scarcity problem was over. It only meant that timber was relatively less scarce than before. He'd go on to say that the FPC needed to study how to best exploit this new timber before issuing new licenses. Based on the notion of scarcity, the FPC would have evolved would have evolved a power to prohibit licensees from using their paper for anything but publishing the kind of print product that the FPC had authorized. That's correct. No using that licensed paper to print party invitations or menus or handbills or facial tissue, the FPC would mandate, and so on. Now, the absurd regulatory agency that I imagine here is only slightly more absurd than the Federal Communications Commission, which has exercised even greater control over the radio spectrum. It really has. I mean, you for a longest time they had the uh, fairness doctrine in place, and the Democrats. Have you read this? No. Oh, okay. Because that's the, the next sentence. Okay. Um, they had the fairness doctrine in place, and uh, the Democrats are actually talking about bringing the fairness doctrine Ugh. back. And essentially, what the fairness doctrine was was every for every time you brought on a uh, you know one party member, you had to give equal time to the other party. Yep. In fact, it was in effect until the mid 1980s. All broadcasters had to obey it, and instead of tempting an FCC inquiry, most broadcasters just avoided airing any controversial views. Mm -hmm. Aside from bottling up debate, what the FCC really excelled at was postponing the creation of new technologies. It stalled the emergence of such feasible technologies as FM radio, pay television, cell phones, satellite radio, and satellite TV. Remember, I remember a story a while back about uh, cell phones that... AT&T had applied for testing permits or whatever back in the 40s yeah. or something like that? Some, some ridiculous amount of time. Declan, ridiculous amount of time. As Declan McCullough wrote in 2004, if the FCC had been in charge of the World Wide Web, we'd still be waiting for its standards engineers to approve of the first web browser. 
Yeah. That's, and that's serious. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Although today's FCC is nowhere near as controlling as earlier FCC incarnations, it still treats the the radio spectrum like a scarce resource that its bureaucrats must manage for the public good, even though the government's scarcity argument has been a joke for half a century or longer. The almost uniformly accepted modern view is that information carrying capa- the information carrying capacity of the airwaves is not static. That capacity is a function of technology mm-hmm. and design architecture that inventors and entrepreneurs throw at spectrum. You know, actually, um, the, these HD. It, pardon me, Ian. You'll have to um, to correct me if I'm wrong on mm-hmm. this. These HD re- radios that they have out now, there are um, stations within the bandwidth of the old station. That's correct. So they're broadcasting. They're broadcasting the old station. Something like on up the to four band. stations on the same. Bandwidth. Yeah, they're broadcasting the old station on the old bandwidth and the HD station inside that bandwidth. To paraphrase this forward-thinking 1994 paper, and then he links to it, the old ideas about spectrum capacity are out, new ones about spectrum, spectrum efficiency are in. Almost everywhere you look, spectrum does more work or is capable of doing more work than ever before. For instance, digital television compresses more programming and less spectrum than its analog cousin. As the processing chips behind digital broadcasting grow more powerful, spectrum efficiency will rise. Ever more efficient fiber optic cables have poached uh, poached long-distance telephone traffic from microwave towers. And this has freed up spectrum in the microwave spe- uh, freed up spectrum in the microwave area for new use by cell phone companies. Other examples of spectrum efficiency, low-power broadcasts of all sorts allow the reuse of spectrum as everyone who uses a Wi-Fi router at work or home or listens to a low-power FM radio station knows. New technologies that share spectrum without interfering with existing licensed users exist. In this bit of advocacy, an industry group G wishes about the spectrum efficiencies promised by cognitive radios, smart antennas, ultra-wide band devices, mesh networks, WiMAX, software-defined radios, and other real-world technology. The spectrum bounty possibilities are so colossal that some members of the media reform movement even subscribe to them. The Prometheus Radio Project, best known for promoting low-power FM radio, accepts one estimate that spectrum capacity might increase... This is a stunning number. Might increase a hundred thousand fold in coming Whoa. years. Whoa. If the spectrum cow can give that much milk, why do we need regulators to ration the airwaves as parsimoniously as they do? We don't. Former FCC chief economist Thomas Hazlett accuses the FCC of overprotecting existing spectrum users at the expense of aspiring new users. Gee, government never does that, does it? Well, it's not just well, that's what that's what government's for. Um, one of the large reasons it's, it protects its friends. In this case, its friends are people that have paid in order to be on the dial, and it punishes its enemies, the people that they're not going to let be on the dial, or the people that uh, just can't afford to pay. Uh, you know, they get punished too. Well, yeah, it, you know, in this case, but those people are the enemies of the people that have paid. Yeah. Because you want to be on the dial. And the person that suffers, the end consumer. Now, right. the consumers in radio don't buy radio. They, um, you know, they, they listen to it and they buy the ad, you know, advertising. Correct. But they're still the end consumer. Who suffers? They have fewer options of things Less to listen choice. to. And they, as a result, they want the, these options. So they're willing to go pay for them from satellite radio. They're willing to go pay mm-hmm. for them from the um, you know, Internet radio shows and things like satellite that. Satellite radio is a direct result of the, of, of the failure of the FCC. Because satellite radio is, infinite, is, is significantly, not infinite, infinitely, significantly more expensive to produce than regular um, terrestrial radio. Right, you got to launch a satellite, rent mm-hmm. the time on the satellite, or whatever it's those uh, costs are. Completely They're still in the black. completely different than putting a big metal red, stick in the air. All right, so 
the commission generally delays me. And by the way, this is what government does all over the place. In fact, Mark, you've got a story coming up here, hopefully, about some major companies calling for more regulations Mm -hmm. in other industries. The commission generally delays making decisions about new spectrum allocations, and these delays cost the new entrants money. Hazlett eloquently catalogs the rope-a-doping offenses Mm -hmm. committed against spectrum aspirants by the FCC and the existing airwave industries, and then he links to that. And again, we'll give you this link on our bulletin board system so you can check all these out for yourself. A classic example of FCC overprotection was a subject of a recent column of mine. The FCC issued rules in 2000 that limited the number of potential low-power FM stations, which are stations up to, I believe, 100 watts, to 2,300, when according to Hazlitt's calculations, the dial could accommodate 98,000 under the existing interference rules. Wow. Congress overruled the FCC and passed a law that essentially limited the number of LPFM stations to about 1,300 and then locked them out of the top 50 urban markets. So Congress stepped in and said, Whoa, FCC, you're being way too, uh, way Generous, too liberal. Apparently. Technology, we've got to protect our existing National Association of Broadcasters members. Wow. Technology alone can't bring the spectrum feast to entrepreneurs and consumers. More capitalism, not less, charts the path to abundance. Hazlitt and others, going back to economist Ronald Coase in 1959, have advocated the establishment of spectrum property rights and would leave it to the market to reallocate the airwaves to the highest bidders. Such a price system would tend to encourage the further expansion of spectrum capacity. Owners would be allowed to repurpose the spectrum that they own, using, say, AM radio frequencies to carry pictures, as long as they didn't interfere with the spectrum of others. Companies in control of spectrum would even be free to subdivide their frequencies and rent it out to customers by the minute for the broadcast and reception of data. If that last example sounds too weird for words, think of it this way. You rent a chunk of subdivided spectrum every time you make or take a cell phone call. True. Yes, it can be done, ladies and gentlemen, and yes... I completely agree. We do not need the FCC at all. We don't. You know, they don't do. They don't provide us with anything. The the arbit, arbit, world of arbitration, the judicial system should be more than enough. And the off prov- button. And the off button to provide any regulation that's necessary. More of the way. You take control of the airwaves. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well, both completely free at freetalklive.com. How close were the philosophies of Nietzsche and the Nazis? Well, check out the fascinating new DVD by Dr. Stephen Hicks, available at Laissez-Faire Books. How did the Nazis come to power in one of the most educated and civilized countries in the world? And was Nietzsche's philosophy the inspiration? Check out this and many other books and videos on liberty at LFB.com. That's Laissez-Faire Books, LFB.com. Yeah, I know you had a concern about the FCC thing, uh, the the disillusion or the, the destruction of the FCC. Take the calls. But we got to go to the phones. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Paul in Maryland, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Paul. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, um, <clears throat> um, I have a proposal that I want um, your yours and Mark's opinion on. Okay. Um, you guys were talking about private privatization insurance against the government. Yes. And, and um, you know, I'm a free stater. You know, I'm part of the Free State Project as well. Excellent. And one of my concerns that I talk because I, I – Talk to a lot of people on a daily basis of trying to get them to join up, and and to uh, one of my concerns is that has anybody ever thought of 
putting together an organization, not an organization, but using the Free State Project as that avenue or that tool to start that free market of that private insurance, where, like, if, if the government were to take Ian's property un- unlawfully, every, let's say we had 50,000 members, then everybody would put a dollar in to, put, to give your property back. Yeah, there have been actually organizations that have existed to, to that have that concept. I believe Save a Patriot is one of them. Um, I'm not too impressed with Save a Patriot because they have that exact concept where you uh, you join up and you're in this organization, and if something happens to you, you file a claim, and then the, they're supposed to step in and bail you out. But the problem with them is they won't claim how many members they have. So you're joining an organization completely blind. You have no idea what exactly it is that you're yeah, getting but into. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not saying the Free State Project would do that, right? Oh, no. The Free State Project is simply an organization to get people to New Hampshire. That What you're coming up with would have to be something that you would do or another um, entrepreneur would do. Somebody needs to take the initiative and create these organizations. If someone creates them, I'm sure they'll find customers. Certainly. Because um, I don't know if you can speak for, for most of the members on the Free State Project. How could I? They're all individuals. Mm-hmm. Right. But but with talking with them, because you talk more more to them than I do. Okay. What are their What is their view on, on the income tax? Because you know this is my this is my my issue, is that everybody calls in people I talk to on a daily basis. They're like, well, what are we going to do? Right. What's the answer? People call in about the 9/11 conspiracy. That's fine. But you know, stop getting hung up on it. And, and let's focus on the problem, and the problem is bigger government, like what you what you always preach about. I can't so, imagine uh, that most that I can't imagine free staters not being for, or I, I can't imagine free staters being for the income tax. I, I think that you're going to find the majority of them would like to see state it go or away. federal. Yeah. So the, so the problem is this: if everybody got together, like everybody's getting together with the free, well, not everybody, but a majority, of, a good good portion of people are getting together with the free state project. Mm-hmm. If everybody were just to get together and make a make an oath, you know, like what you did, and say, look, if I can get an, a, another twenty thousand people, I'll stop paying income taxes because the problem is the income tax. The government has no checks and balances when it goes to spend money; it just keeps borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. I totally agree. I, it's sort of what we the people is uh, doing. It, uh, is it giving me liberty dot org? Well, we the people suing the government. They're not saying, but they're uh, asking people to sign up as co litigants. And not pay until the yeah yeah I'm a part of the we the people as well but it's you know but there's you know I understand the lawsuit and I understand all this other stuff but it's just like we need to stand up and do something now but it's but the, the key the key word here is we yeah you know, I agree I totally I can't do it all you can't do it all absolutely so the question would be how many people would it take to encourage another group of there's they're the fence sitters like Mark he's somebody who's sitting on the fence. He pays his taxes, maybe cuts corners here and there, but he does still file his income taxes. The question, I guess, would be for someone like you, Mark, what would it take if you knew for a fact? And, of course, the question is, obviously, you don't want to use Pledge Bank because somebody could just scam the whole thing. But if you knew for a fact that there were 20,000, 50,000, whatever X number is, if you knew that number X was out there, that number of people out there willing to also not pay income taxes... What would it take for you to to uh, jump on board with that? How many people? That's the question. Yeah, how many people? Would All it take? at once? But there's already supposedly uh, I've, I've you know we we've said the number 67 million Americans who don't pay income tax. Right, but they aren't organized in any way. No, they're not. Yeah, that's the key. The key that we're not organized, and 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 I I cannot find any answer 
other than we need to be organized, period. I agree completely. So, Mark, what would the number of organized individuals uh, take for you? It'd be a lot, because here's the reason. Um, I'm slowly growing in celebrity, um, mm-hmm. in, in a, especially in a certain uh, you know p- political movement. Imagine if you were just somebody who wasn't a celebrity. Then. Okay, then I pr- probably you know your, the number wouldn't be as um, wouldn't be as large. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. I feel like that's a pretty large number. Yeah. Well, I'm telling what you, what if it came a with the, what if going to do it? But wait, what if it came with the insurance policy idea of if you get uh, assessed or whatever, they'll bail you out? Oh, well, that would be a lot easier. Like what if, see, see, uh, and, that, and that's the reason why I bring it up because see, see how see how Mark took that exactly. Very, very, and, and all all the people I talk to on a daily basis, they they need some type of insurance. They need insurance yeah. and they need courage, and I think that can that both <laughs> I've got neither. Both things can be uh, promoted, but it's going to take somebody, some sort of entrepreneur, maybe you, Paul, uh, to step up and create this organization from scratch. Somebody's got to do it. Sitting here talking about it isn't going to do it, and I can tell you, I don't have time for it. I got my hands oh, full, but understood. there's you know there's going to be uh, nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine other people moving here, and hopefully somebody will take your idea and run with it. And I hope it's you because eventually you should be able to profit from it. Like if you are actually going to protect people um, from the seizures of the IRS, you should be making a profit off of that, my friend. I I wouldn't have necessarily have a problem with it. I'm sure some people would. Some people will get uppity and say, oh, this is for the good of America. This is for the good of us all. You don't need to be profiting on this. And I say... Some people just don't like the idea of somebody profiting anyway. I say the only way to get it to happen is to profit from it. And in fact, that's why Free Talk Live has been as successful as it's been at recruiting for the uh, the Free State Project, because we're the only ones out there profiting from it. Everybody else, oh yeah, they'll tell their friends, they'll tell their neighbors, family members here yeah. and, and you're not really you know it'll be good for you because you'll get other people on board but you're not tangibly benefiting from it um, and, and the other the other reason why i suggest this is because like with the stuff that's going with ed you know I, you know i pack all my guns up and i'm ready to go up there with him and and i can't leave because i have a girlfriend who's dying from cancer mm-hmm. oh my so well. so it's you know but if, if there was a fund set up like an insurance thing you know and, and i really need to jump on and research this because then people that can't come, they can still contribute to the movement. Here's what you should do. Look into Save a Patriot and then figure out how you can make it better. Because I would never join Save a Patriot, but they've well, sort of I, got a similar... I, I, used to, I used to be a member of Save a Patriot. That's why I left. <laughs> why did, wait, why did you leave exactly? Well, one of the reasons why I left is because they, specifically anybody that comes in can't have a pre-existing problem. And second of all, they, they weren't paying out. <laughs> yeah, I got the all I could feel when I heard about Save, Save the Patriot was scam, scam, scam. There's going to have to be some sort of transparency to make people feel good about joining the organization, and uh, and unfortunately that transparency may may lead to the targeting of the people behind the organization as well. So figure out how to make it better, and uh, we'll help you promote it. Thanks, man. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. For you, that's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and that does include the listener map. We've got 
over a thousand, well over seventeen hundred actually listeners on the listener map at map.freetalklive.com. And you can add yourself to it for free. Map.freetalklive.com. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February the twenty third through the twenty fifth, two thousand and seven. Meet libertarian superstars John Stossel, Michael Bednark, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Like Free Talk Live. Freestateproject.org. That's um, slash Liberty Forum. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. It's not good to toot your own horn, Mart. I, I toot my own horn because who the heck is going to toot it? What? <laughs> your wife? Yes. 800-259-9231. Only if I ask really let's, nice. <laughs> let's go to John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. Hey, John. Hey John. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, you were talking about the Brown case earlier. We were. And I wanted to just tell people... You're considering coming up from around the country, and God bless you all for doing that. Consider staying in New Hampshire, or consider it a chance to scout it out for a future home. This sure. is going to be the home of liberty. This is where the new American Revolution is taking place. It's already started, hasn't it, John? Uh, there's there's the first 1,000. There's 1,000 people that have pledged to come here. And you know what, folks? If you're not part of that list, hey, guess what? Get in the race. Beat those people here. I'm here, and I and I intentionally didn't want to be part of that list. I was hoping everybody would beat me to that list because I'm here. You know what, everybody, come on, get it. Let's get on the let's get on the on the big rush to come to New Hampshire because this is where it's happening. And I think as more time goes on, more exciting things continue to happen. More people are going to make that connection in their minds that yeah, John in New Hampshire, Free Talk Live, they're right. I really do need to get serious about this. And whether you use Ed Brown as an excuse to come up and visit New Hampshire, or better yet, the, the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, a nice weekend-long excuse to come up here and uh, and check out the state, stay a few extra days, tool around. I mean, it's so easy to get across the state. It's, it's <laughs> two it's, hours. It's, and, and it's beautiful. It's it absolutely is. gorgeous. People might have heard the news of, you know, here in Salem, I, I had power out for a day. Hey, big deal. Guess what? I can live without power. You know, uh, it was absolutely gorgeous. The ice on the trees looked like they were made of glass. It is. You know, you're absolutely right on this one, John. Um, they people have can, you, you, people, people think that it's enjoy. only gorgeous here during uh, fall, but in fact, it's gorgeous here all the time. I, oh, you, you don't go for a drive any day and not go. Wow. You didn't think it was going to be getting acclimated, uh, my friend. But but people, even if you don't uh, agree with the Browns or that's something that you do not want to participate in, consider. The amount of uh, the uh, the energy that's here that that folks are willing to do that, and there's a handful that want to do that, and there's a handful that you know even like Mark, you know Mark doesn't want to go up there because there's there's, there's a certain you know uh, discomfort level. Right, he doesn't things, want to get shot. <laughs> other things that people are doing, there's plenty of people, both local and new people, who. Um, they're finding their comfort level. Here's one example of what exactly what you're saying. You can actually support Ed Brown. Uh, for instance, this weekend in Keene, there's going to be a road sign, uh, a roadside sign holding in Keene on behalf of Ed Brown. So that'd I be a good way to that. that'd be a good way to support Ed without actually putting yourself in the crosshairs. Yeah, and 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 you know what? Even if people are not con- conditioned to uh, uh, being that brave, because we, we've all been told by the media that this is an armed standoff, and that's not true either. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some people that are prepared to do that. There's other people that are perfectly peaceful people. I was glad to see the the Margo, uh, whatever her name is, in the in in the Concord Monitor. She said that 
the Gandhi admirers. And finally, that's getting some press. These are not all violent people who are going there. Right. People who are standing on principle, whatever the principle is, we should not have an armed standoff with the government. John, have you been out? Necessary. Have you been out to Ed's house yet? I have not yet. I was working like crazy at my regular job, uh, and I have to fix an exhaust leak on my car. And my and my friend Lauren said that'd be a good idea because you don't need to fall asleep on the way out there. Oh no! Well, that I would do be need fall asleep and die. I don't need to do it on the highway. Now, um, the uh, one thing I have I'm to I'm looking at I'm looking at when I do go out there. Um, uh, Russell had mentioned on on the forum and h3.com mm-hmm. that you know Ed likes the American flag and all that and and unfortunately for me I cannot fly that proudly anymore but if he wants that I'll donate it Hey right on I'm also thinking that people coming from around the country may not be quite conditioned to the New Hampshire weather there's plenty of thrift stores where you can just go pick up a a nice down jacket winter hats winter That's a good gloves. suggestion here's the other thing stores, uh, and I'm going to actually bring some over and donate them because I plan on getting there this week. Good idea, John. And, uh, and let us and know what happens the when you do. New Hampshire. Thanks. We, 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 oh, <laughs> he's so used to hearing thanks for the call. <laughs> thanks for the call, John. We appreciate it. And uh, in regards to his suggestions, if you've never experienced the winter weather before, I can't say I'm an expert or anything. But I was talking to you about this off the air, Mark. Um, when you're if you're out at Ed Brown's house, there's been no salting. There's been no uh, chemicals thrown down to make the walking easier. There's uh, there are icy conditions. It is very snowy. Bring your crampons. Um, you're gonna you're gonna need to be careful. And this is the the only time when the New Hampshire beauty can really get you in trouble, because it's so beautiful in New Hampshire. You just want to look around, and, and if you're walking on ice, you don't want to be looking around. No, no looking around when you're on ice. Right. Uh, you, if you Looking at the paying, ground, right where your feet yeah, are landing. If you aren't paying total attention to uh, the ground in front of you, you could be in big trouble. Like slipping, falling, breaking things. You don't want that. No, especially when so, those things are part of you. Yeah, so be careful. Uh, 800, I'm sure if you've got a lot of experience in snow, you're laughing at me like, <laughs> most <laughs> Most people seem to, so Florida you know, it's just us. But I think it's uh, now I was actually refreshed by you saying, Mark, that uh, you're finding it beautiful in the oh, in the wintertime here. It's cold because Ian. you were concerned <laughs> that it was going to be so ugly and depressing. Uh, and it's not the ugly <laughs> aspect; it's that, that there's not a lot of sunlight that comes out, and, and that there's affects people. There's actually been people. a fair it, amount of sunlight. In fact, if you look no, at the no, statistics, that's not fair at all. If you look at the statistics, there's there's actually barely uh, there's not really a big differential between Florida. And uh, and New Hampshire, as far as sunlight is is concerned, there I find is a that difference. very very difficult to there imagine. There is a difference, but it's not huge. I just can't imagine that being true. Well, go to weather.com and take a look for yourself. Okay. Look at the statistics. What sections of uh, Florida are we talking about? Here? I, don't, I don't know. Florida in general. No, Florida in general. Eight hundred two five nine. Maybe Sarasota. Big, long curved state. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But I was very pleased to hear that uh, that you were you were happy. Uh, with the, the the beauty around here during the winter time, because I thought that you were going to be complaining about oh, there's no leaves on the trees and it's cold out. It's cold, but, but I but it's really not as bad as I expected it to be. The cold. Um, if you're moving around in it, it's not a big deal. If you've got uh, the proper insulation, it's not a big deal either. So it's really overrated. The cold overrated. 
Um, 800-259-9231. So then, let's get back to the FCC, Mark. Yes. Because we were talking about getting rid of it earlier, and you were concerned because, well, you thought people that are new to the show might be concerned about this. Well, I, I can't imagine somebody listening to a discussion about the getting rid of the FCC, and, um, you know, they, they more or less have two functions um, I think that most people would recognize as A. Control of spectrum. Yeah, they, they, can, they regulate the spectrum. And control of content. And, yeah, control of content. And most what that content boils down to these days is you can't say seven words, mm. which are really just four words. But it's uh, not really honestly true. No, it's not. Uh, the content regulations also have to do with so-called obscenity and indecency, and uh, which don't necessarily have to include those words. What's the one word you like to use? Pandering. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I understand that, and people are concerned with that. But what I want to do is um, asw- I want to have a conversation to assuage that that uh, concern about. Um, you know, people using the F-bomb on the air. Now, yes, some people will use, if, if the FCC goes away, some people will use the F-bomb on the air. It's absolutely I've heard true. it on public radio. Have you? Sure, in songs. They play songs with oh, the yeah. word. Yeah, they do. They, lots of songs have, the, have lyrics that, you know, don't get regulated out, and nobody really knows, and nobody cares. It's because it's on a uh, rock station where everybody listening to it's essentially the same demographic, likes the music, isn't going to call the FCC and complain. You know, I'm glad, Grandma's not listening. I'm glad you brought it up because it's an easy, easy objection to answer. And we'll come up with that here in a moment. Yep. It's 800-259-9231. But what about the F word and my children's sensitive ears? We'll explain all on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything in the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Hack at 8.net toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call if you make it now. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. No, no, no. It shouldn't be that way. We do it for free at freetalklive.com. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. Yeah, you know them. The world's largest internet retailer. 35 categories of products for you to shop in. Everything from furniture to office products to DVDs, books, toys. I mean, you name it. If it's at a department store, Amazon probably sells it. They probably sell it for less. And you'll likely get free Super Saver shipping when you order. But the added bonus is a percentage of your purchase goes to Free Talk Live if you buy through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Also, don't forget your uh, Free Talk Live t-shirts and Free Talk Live hats, which are available through Store.FreeTalkLive.com and other Free Talk Live-related merchandise at Store.FreeTalkLive.com. So, the solution to those parents' concerns out there, those of you who are concerned about your children hearing the F word and the S word. Because at the beginning of the hour, we, we were talking about uh, getting rid of the FCC and replacing it with, well, nothing. I mean, I mean, replacing it with, as far as spectrum allocation goes, property, property rights. rights. So therefore, if you were there first, homesteading or whatever, um, then you would be able to go to court and say, hey, I was here first and here's my proof and, you know, Screw off. Get this guy off my frequency, if that was an issue. But if the FCC wasn't involved, then there'd be there's so much spectrum out there 
that uh, ind- individual industries would be, be easily be able to just sort of settle into uh, an area of spectrum and and expand their technology to uh, to increase their bandwidth and increase their capability within that spectrum. And for an example, just look at all of the wonderful things that have been done with the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum. Look at the the Wi-Fi. Uh, look at your cordless phones in your home. There's a variety of different devices that all share that little chunk of spectrum. And that's that's a chunk of spectrum that the FCC doesn't really regulate. They've sort of led it to uh, – they've given it open field, if you will, you allow anybody to come in and, and experiment with it. And it's worked just fine. But your concern was, Mark, for those parents out there that are worried about the idea of the FCC leaving the airwaves and allowing anybody who wants to get on with a transmitter to get on and spout whatever sort of profanity they want to. What's the solution? Well, the solution is, is um, it's simple, is the market will regulate it. All by itself, but you know people are people's... yeah, but what if somebody got themselves a little FM transmitter and just put on a loop of George Carlin's seven dirty words, then you wouldn't have to turn it off, then you what now you'd turn it off, yeah, but what if the kids got in the car without you there, turned the keys, and scanned over to that frequency then they'd hear, then they'd hear bad words. Well, what if the kids got on the internet um, without you there <laughs> and looked at donkey porn? That's an excellent point. You can't look at donkey porn on uh, on the radio. No, I mean, right currently, parents have in their house a device that uh, they leave their children with unregulated. Give, they give their kids one. And, you know, there's just, there's, you know, maybe they have this uh, surf safe um, kind of uh, software on there, which I think makes things better. But, um, you know, the radio, please. That's a perfect rebuttal, but here's a better one. For those who... Parents who are really concerned with this, and I don't think they're listening to this show, but for those parents who are really concerned with uh, kids hearing naughty things, look to the satellite television business for an example of how the market will solve this problem for you. In the satellite television business, there are receivers that are designed specifically to receive certain programming. For instance, there is a porn receiver. You know how you've got Direct TV? There's that little set-top box that you set up and you plug mm-hmm. the satellite dish into. Yes. Well, there is a set-top box for porn. Specifically, you you, you add- can get nothing but adult entertainment on this set-top box. So you add the box to your already it's just existing? T- no, it's just a uh, it's its own set-top box. So for, you can uh, get all the other channels and the porn. I don't think it goes along with Direct TV. It's just for porn. Huh. Like you'd have to have another Direct TV receiver if you wanted all the regular packages this isn't a direct tv thing it's a totally separate private company that has essentially launched its own porn satellite or has rented space on an existing satellite to broadcast multiple multiple channels of porn and you have to buy their receiver in order to get that particular product on the other side of the coin as i understand it there are also i don't i haven't actually seen this product but i understand that it's out there there are these uh, satellite networks that are essentially Christian broadcasting networks. Truth Broadcasting Network, uh, Christian Broadcasting Network, I think those are a couple of their names. And I believe they also have a Christian-friendly satellite TV service where it doesn't matter how many times your, hit, your kids hit the channel button, they're just going to be cycling through Christian channels. Yep. There are no other channels that they could possibly access. So Ve- Veggie Tales on the Cartoon Channel. That's exactly what my point. So if you want to restrict your children's access to things, 
the responsibility is on you. You seek out those services, you install the equipment in your home or your car, or your car, and then you let your kids go crazy with them. They can't, it's locked, the channels aren't available. You can't get to them on the Christian-only receiver. You can't hack them or anything like that. You just can't do it. Somehow, so the same thing would happen for radio. Somehow I don't think that uh, children are going to find like, – I can't imagine a 10-year-old boy listening to Howard Stern, and he's got to be the uh, the epitome of shock jockiness. Sure. Um, I can't imagine – Especially now that he's on satellite. A 10-year-old boy finding that entertaining. I mean, he might go <laughs> – He said poopy. Yeah, he said, well, you know, whatever, but – Howard Stern talks about adult themes. Sure. And I don't think that it's going to be interesting to a young child. Yeah, probably just, not. It's but just, he, it's not going to, you know, maybe for the novelty of it, maybe for the fact that he can get away with, um, you know, something that mom and dad don't know about, but you're just talking about a an event. You're not talking about a lifestyle. This child isn't going to listen to this every day. Probably and, not. you know, if the child says some bad words in front of you, learns bad words, wash their mouth out with soap. And your your 10-year-old certainly isn't going to be able to get a credit card and buy his own serious receiver and install it in his own car. I mean, Howard Stern's inaccessible to 10-year-olds. Well, well, what I'm the Howard Stern was on the radio, and we're talking about an America where the FCC doesn't exist, so somebody could conceivably jump in and be Howard Stern on the radio. Certainly. I don't think that that necessarily would happen because... It could. No, I think it, it might. I mean, there may there's certainly a demand for adult content. But the point is, it's it's their parents' responsibility. I agree. So if you're one of those, and there are parents out there that it's their life's mission, as misguided and misdirected as I think it is, and as bad of an idea as I think it is, it's their life's mission to insulate their children from all possible negative uh, influences. Mm -hmm. And so those are the types of parents that will be Johnny on the spot to sign up for a brand new Chris, the CRS, Christian Radio Service. Can't remember. No. <laughs> the Christian Radio Service. It'll be a satellite-only service uh, that's broadcast to uh, North America, and you, you purchase their receiver, or maybe your church will give you a grant. Maybe the churches will be distributing receivers. I mean, think about how the market can handle this. Churches be di di uh, distributing uh, individualized receivers or receivers for uh, for their particular spectrum or their me message that they want to uh, portray to people, and uh, they they might they might even have an installer at your local church. People go in, they'll say, "Come on down, get rid of that filthy FM and AM radio and install the CRS radio." You, you smiling, Mark? But this could be really. I mean, this could be a money maker for these people. I don't know. What Maybe. do you mean you don't know? You don't think these Christian parents want this stuff? Depends on how much it costs to broadcast. Well. They'd probably just be begging for money every day. Probably get it for That's free. That's what they do on most of the, uh, yeah. the Christian channels. And, they, and, they, the, and they're successful. They get it. So, somebody's yeah, but, calling those 800 numbers. Yeah, but you remember um, 1420 WBRD down in Bradenton. Yeah. Um, they, were, they were run by a Baptist church. It's not like they were raking in the dough. I know. Um, you know. The guy called me, and he's like, hey, can you help me with my sales department? I don't have one. If you don't think Pat Robertson or one of those big... Big boys in the uh, Christian church, if the mega church leaders, if you don't think they can spring for a satellite channel. Oh, he can, sure. Right. So he's going to go ahead and spring for a satellite channel. They've already got but satellite But then your preacher channels. has to like Pat Robertson, and then, your pre preacher may very well not. Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, that's, that's what you're talking about Well, then what they could do is what the, um, what they could do is they could have an FM radio that only tunes to one frequency. 
They have those. Yes, but who would put it in their car? Uh, some freaky Christians that want to lock their kids out. out. They want to lock their... You have to understand, Mark, you do, you and I don't think this way, but the, these Christians that want to in, insulate their children will do whatever it takes. They will do whatever the car it takes. From your, from your, the, the stereo from your car. Oh, they could do that too. Sing, sing, Jesus sing loves Kumbaya. me while you, you, while you guys go to go to school. <laughs> All right, it's been in here with you. and Mark. So there's the vision for an FCC free America. It could happen. Jesus and you know what? Loves me. For those of you radio station owners listening to this, all concerned about this idea, it'll be good for the radio business as well because the FCC is slowly killing it. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, WoodcraftPlans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit WoodcraftPlans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's WoodcraftPlans.com.